Hey you. Whoa, didn't expect to see you here. Thanks so much for being curious enough to check us out. You're about to gift your ears the soothing, sensational and seductive sounds of the Story Network podcast. But before I jump into the emotive and inspirational introduction, I actually just want to take a moment and thank you for tuning in and then welcome you to the Story Network community. So thank you and welcome. Now, let's roll that intro. Hit it. This is the emotive and inspirational introduction to the Story Network podcast. My name is Zed Hopkins and it is my job to inspire connection, collaboration and creation through open and honest conversation. So let's put our lives aside for a moment, connect heart to heart, mind to mind, share with each other, learn from each other and inspire each other to be more, to feel more and experience more. 7.54 billion stories on one earth. We are the Story Network, and this is the Story Network Podcast. Woo! The Story Network. Let's do it! Thanks for coming back to join me on this fine day. Today, I'm serving up a beautiful, rustic, home-cooked conversation with my childhood friend, Darren Riley. Darren has spent the past several years delving deep into the world of self-development, and today he's pulling out the stories and moments that have shaped and inspired him. We talk about childhood, family bonds, and our life missions. It's a powerful one, traversing tears, laughter, and timeless themes. Please welcome to the stage, inside of your ears, the one, the only, Darren Riley. So Darren Riley, welcome to the podcast. It's so exciting to have you here. We have known each other since grade one, I believe. Mm. Um, I think if I was to encapsulate our relationship, I would take it back to a night. Your family had an apartment by the Brisbane River, and I remember coming back playing Mega Blocks <laughs> after having seen Cirque du Soleil, and we'd both bought these dragon masks. Right, I um, had the fucking mask for ages. Yeah, like, yeah. Didn't want to let go of it. <laughs> um, and, and to me, that that was such a fond moment from my childhood. Mm. And then we sort of, you move schools, we um, were in and out of contact. I sort of came to a few birthday parties, you came to a few of mm. mine, you know, as young kids do. <laughs> and then there was a, a good space of maybe six or so years where we didn't speak. Mm. And then it was around the time we both graduated high school that we then came back into each other's lives. And we've had some incredible experiences ever since reconnecting, rekindling this friendship, mm. now collaborating a lot, working a lot of things. Um, so I was wondering maybe if you could just start by giving us a little bit of an overview of who you are, what you do, what excites you. Mm. Well, g'day guys. Thank you for having me here, Mr. Zeddy. Um, it's an honor and a pleasure to be here. And thank you for your kind words, man. I really appreciate it. And uh, for myself, <sighs> this is a tough question. <laughs> um, look, I was born in Ireland, moved from Australia. I moved to Australia when I was about six years old. That's when myself and Zeddy met at Brisbane Central. Um, ever since I was a kid, I've loved soccer, uh, really tribal things, creativity. That's when myself and Zed have really connected, uh, serving people. And what do you mean by tribal things? <laughs> it's the togetherness, the right. the aspect of all together in the sense of being part of something bigger than yourself. Right. So the teams, so that so it was teams, community. Yep. Community and, and connection. Right. Yep. Community and connection, which is a big thing, right? Now that can be used in both a healthy resource and a not so healthy resource as we've seen through history, right? Right. Um, yeah. So I think that's that's what's always interesting because it feels like it's been a massive part of who I am, right? Whether that be soccer, going to games, playing in teams. Um, it's been such a massive facet. And that has led me now today to building a, what's the best way to say it? Like coaching course or, or group called Brotherhood, which is Zed is now playing a massive part in. Um, and it's part of a free group that I'm running at the moment, uh, which is really helping facilitate what I see is lacking in today's society, which is like a transition from boyhood to manhood. Now, it's a thing that, 
you know, I've been taking myself through after certain experiences in my life. Um, yeah, after, as Ed said, uh, leaving school, you know, we moved schools. Then after graduating school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, uh, which a lot of us don't. You know, we jump into certain circumstances, trying things. Uh, and Zed actually came to me at a real pivotal point in my life. And I actually do say it was it was an incredibly powerful moment because I remember going to Zed. I, I just left a group of mates that I was with at school, right? And that was also a big part, right? I was, I had like... Very solid group mate, like group of mates at school. Were they always healthy? No, but it was again that sense of brotherhood, right? And this has been a reoccurring theme. Um, so, anyways, I left, and that was a, that was hard for me to do. I left mates because they were partying and and um, going down that scene. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, of course. Like we all love to party every now and then. I just had the self awareness to know that this wasn't the path I wanted to go down. Uh, I wanted to go down a more successful path or whatever you want to call it. Um, I just knew that I wanted to make something of myself or to at least live. I knew that that life wasn't the life that I wanted. Then myself and Zed got back in contact. I can't remember, was it? Uh, you invited me to a party. To my birthday party. And I couldn't yeah, yeah. make it. Yeah, and so we caught so up we caught breakfast. Up breakfast, yeah. With, yeah, it was myself, you, and my ex-girlfriend. Like, yeah. Um, and man, I remember you articulated so well, your vision for the future, you're incredibly intelligent and it just encapsulated me. I was like, wow, these are the type of people I want to be around, you know, and you're the type of person I want to be around. Um, and it inspired me, man. And I've said that to you multiple times, but it really was a turning point for me because it gave me a, a, a like a point of of um like a checkpoint i could say in like a an experience or something to look towards that that i felt resonated with where i was at um so yeah it's been this crazy journey of self-discovery personal development deep challenges journeys with plant medicine to now um helping facilitate young males transition into manhood which is really what i'm still figuring out myself um so yeah, I think that's the best way. To put yeah, it. yeah, of course, of course. No, well, I think that if I if I want to delve a little bit deeper, I want to go back, back quite a way, and go back to what is this thing about community from a young age? Mm. Why do you think that that is the thing that you were drawn towards? Why was it the the soccer teams, the group of close friends? Um, to provide some context too, because mm. I. At, in throughout all my schooling career pretty much was a floater I was the kid that kind of like knew a bunch of people but didn't I was always lunchtime was a nervous time for me because I'd have to figure out who I sat with yeah um but it sounds like you always had a try you know your group yeah. that you went to yeah. why do you think you were pulled to that and and why do those things excite you and why are you implementing that kind of space now mm. well it's like a natural need isn't it man like that we were born to be in tribes and communities, you know, so it's a natural need. So we naturally gravitate to uh, people who we resonate with or we feel um, we connect to in a certain way. Why I've always connected to it, I don't know, man. I guess it, I feel like it's always been a part of who I am. And as I've read more books, like they, it, it explains like how a boy is raised by not just his father, but by like all of the communities, mm. like all of the community, all the uncles. Um, I suppose families played a big part. It was definitely played a big part in my life. And I think when I grew up, I I didn't ha- because moving over in some pivotal points, I didn't have like my grandparents around and stuff like that. And I always valued family so much more because they weren't always there. Um, I don't know. Maybe is it a tribal thing from Ireland that we're naturally built to be? Is it like a Viking? instinct or something to build in tribes like even with the english lads like because i naturally gravitate to english lads in school because i resonate with them and we were very in football it was just like that kind of very tribal essence um i can't say like exactly why i just know like it's always been a part of who i am and i loved going to the games and Mm. then obviously supporting a team uh so it feels like it's always been a part of who i am uh and and how important is it in a healthy sense completely incredibly important especially for males is to that feeling of acceptance 
of being with other dudes, right? For who you really are. Um, the feeling of support, uh, that feeling of connection, that feeling of, um, also you're able to different perspectives, right? And it's incredibly healthy for us to be in communities that we feel like we belong and also feel like we're a part of something bigger than ourselves. It's a natural human need. And I think we're always searching for that, right? Mm. But we're searching for the tribe. Like who are the certain people that I feel like I can be myself around or like get me, mm. right? Um, yeah, so I feel like that's the natural evolution of it all. Right, interesting. So it's really interesting as I, as I hear that and I hear you reflect back on your life as have, having known you when you were a young kid who had just moved from Ireland, your home, to Australia, and we became really, really good friends. And then now knowing you now, some 15 years later, um, what is your relationship with your younger self? What qualities from your younger self do you think influence you now and that you use and what how do you think you've changed from Mm -hmm. the young the young boy that you were Mm. and this is really good man because as a kid this actually really came up today um this is something i'm really working on because i realize now like the most beautiful thing is that like you become the mentor that you wish you had in your times of need as a kid i actually really proud of like who I've become but like as a kid right I loved Spider-Man and I loved the superheroes and the story of heroes right and heroes going on their paths and and um having their own superpowers and whatever and it's something we all naturally as kids aspire to have because it sparks something in us it sparks that Oh, like divine aspect in who we are, right? It shows us that we can be more than we are capable of more than what maybe our mind tells us. Um, and I know as a kid, I used to take myself to other worlds and delve deep into my imagination. Uh, and times that would take me away from the now or times, you know, my family would think that I was <laughs> tied to the moon as my granddad would say, <laughs> but um, but it's given me so many gifts because it gives me that creativity, that ability to see things from a different perspective, you know, to look at life as a video game and to, and to bring that fun aspect to it. Um, so man, this, yeah, it's, I think it's such an important relationship. I think it's important that we go back and we, we father that relationship, right? So you, you constantly are building because that, part is still in there you know that still just wants to look at life with this like rose colored lens and and it's beautiful i think what we're all really looking for is to go back to that childlike awe that was that looked at everything as like trial and error i wanted to explore right and um yeah if we can really encapsulate that aspect of who we are it definitely can heighten um our life and and our ability to see the world so tying back to what's my relationship with that right now really like unleashing that aspect of myself and um yeah as we talked about in our podcast like tracking your enthusiasm you know following the things that i've always loved as a kid and like and always love now and incorporating them into my life in the present moment because he's still in there you know and he still wants to play so creating spaces where i can access that aspect of self yeah and then what do you think the qualities of 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 that that child are Mm. you know now what is it you know this idea oh i want to embrace the these uh, this idea of what my child childhood Mm. self was like Mm. like what is it about this child childhood down that you think is valuable to you now and if it helps you Here's a little image oh, I prepared yeah. earlier um, <laughs> of the Brisbane Central State School 2004 no, class bro, I photo. I haven't seen this um, Where Darren is up at the back oh, row, I'm gonna, sitting on the second this is, row. This is going to make me fucking tear up. <laughs> oh, um, man. So there he is. Oh, bro. I, oh, man. <laughs> this fucking... I haven't seen this photo in a very long time. I don't know if I've ever seen this photo. Well... Fuck, look at you, bro. <laughs> you like, one of your tooth is like bigger than the other. Yep, yep. Oh, man. I'd say it's his ability to just 
explore without judgment. Hmm. They didn't have certain ideas about what it meant to be a certain way. But he also cared deeply and loved his friends who are still here today, which is incredible. He just loved life, man. And he didn't have any any different perspective coloring it and <laughs> say that's it Wait, that's fucking beautiful it's funny it's funny you talk about that because I feel like naivety is always portrayed as this negative thing mm. this like youthful naivety that stops you from actually seeing the realities of the world mm. and understanding what everything means but I think like when you look back you know and I feel the same way when I look back at that like young kid who I was yeah please let me know (laughs) your perspective yeah you know it is that naivety of of meaning or things needing to mean anything Mm. but that just chasing of fun of curiosity of being like hey do you guys want to play a game oh what are we going to play um I don't know um let's play the uh the nothing game which was a game that we actually invented i'm not sure if you remember this it was the nothing game it was a game where there were no rules and we all used to play it and we all had to we just (laughs) played on the bottom oval of the playground and i would remember it because we'd all run down and we'd get in a group because that was what we did we always got in a group before as soon as lunchtime started we all ran down as fast as we could after (laughs) after the bell went um and we'd all meet up and we're like what are we going to play today and this is grade one and i can remember it so vividly and the nothing game was one of them and the nothing game was there were no rules and we'd all move around the playground and do our own things. But as we're doing it, we'd have to pretend that there was a reason for why we were doing it. And <laughs> that I'm that reason, the reason that it interrelated with everyone else. Yeah. And I think there is something in that just willingness to play mm-hmm. and explore and enjoy time with people and embrace in meaninglessness. Mm-hmm. And I think it is like that naivety that is so freeing. And obviously naivety can transfer into ignorance and mm. unawareness. But I think if we're to take the, these these blissful curiosity mm. that comes from these younger selves, I think we can learn a lot. And I mm. and I think like both of us now as we you know look back on our lives and we look forward to like where we want to go in our lives, like I don't know about you, but like it's for that young kid mm. standing there. Mm. I wonder if you could take that young kid right now somewhere on an experience for a day. Where? What would you do? And <laughs> what do you think you'd talk about? Ah. Uh. I've actually done this journey. Um, I, go, I take them a lot to this place. Like I do an, kind of like an act of imagination. This is actually probably prior to this version of me. It's probably about a year prior. So I would still, even this version of me, I would take them back to, there was a field in Ireland right next to my house. And there used to be haystacks there. And like it really, I remember this one time my parents came out and my brother and sister were there and we were all playing with the play with the hay. And I was telling my mom this the other day, I just remember that being so happy, like being so happy because I had my family, my parents were playing with me, my brother and sister were there. And I remember this, it was a sunny day and I can see it clearly hiding behind hay. I was just so happy. Felt like I was in heaven, what they call like Elysium, you know? Um, I remember that being a beautiful moment. So I'd take him there. I'd probably just play sword fights with him. And I would listen to what he wants to say. Like I would ask him, you know, what do you love? You know, and really be there and listen to him and tell him like, how proud of him I am for continuing to go on and um, 
yeah, how much of a great little human being he is, and I love him, and um, yeah, man, I just sit there and listen to like, what's his perspective of the world without all the conditioning, and like, what does he see? Like, what do you want? You know, what lights you up? These are all questions I've asked myself, of course, but I'd love to love to go back and just have a conversation with him. And I suppose it's something we can do, like in our subconscious, because that version still lives in there, you know, and creating this beautiful connection with that version of you. So, yeah. There's, I mean, that's beautiful. I feel like there is something so... You know, you bring up a good point is that like we can go back to these younger versions of ourselves like through reflection, mm. you know, and like we can think back to these times of childhood and to child um, like curiosity mm. and exploration. I think that is something nowadays we just don't give ourselves time to do. Yeah. Like we don't give ourselves time to like do things because they're just like fun and like to be silly and stupid and like not like given to judgment mm. you know and just be like oh I'm gonna run through this field and roll on the ground and get covered in mud and then I'm gonna walk home and get the bus home through the city and I'm gonna be covered in mud and dirty but like you know like already my like social anxiety has gone crazy <laughs> thinking about that possibly. but as a kid it didn't matter mm. you know and I feel like that there was there's something beautiful in that of like if we were to take those kind of qualities and like move forward and give ourselves time to think back to who we were as a kid and what we admired about them. Or if you have younger siblings, we have kids in your life, you know, to like spend time with them and like, like really just like the way kids' minds work is just pure creativity. Mm. Because I think what it misses is that judgment, you know, like I think we've spoken about this a lot. You and I is like, that in a lot of ways we can be our own biggest critic and that we can judge ourselves so harshly. Mm. But what those two boys in that photo on that table right now, they're not judging themselves. They're smiling because they're with their friends getting their photo taken in 2004. Oh, look at fucking Jack smiling. <laughs> Matt smiling with no two front teeth. Yeah. Like, fucking hell, I know, bro. Like, we just didn't give a fuck. Yeah, we, we built we built these stick forts, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, like we 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 would we had a period of time where we literally built these clans and built stick forts and fought other members of the <laughs> yeah. school all over resources. Yeah. It was a war. Yeah. Right? But it was our childhood imaginations not yeah. being like, oh, are we going to get in trouble for this? Like, no. what happens if I throw sticks at you? Know, <laughs> yeah. It was, you know, not, not saying throwing sticks is a good thing, but like, but, but it was the exploration of things without judging and second guessing and just letting our creativity and our instinct flow. Yeah. Like, I think all of us kids were really having fun. Like, we genuinely were. Yeah. Like, was it was a bit dangerous? Maybe, but like we had so much fun. Like I remember that being fucking sick. Like the thrill, right? To playtime. Yeah. Can you know like the bell goes and you're like, yes, yeah. playtime. I remember yeah. in high school being like, why is why is lunchtime just everyone sits and talks and eat lunch? I'm like, I remember as a kid, play, like lunchtime was the best thing. You'll yeah. sit out, you'd eat your lunch, you'd see what everyone else got for lunch, and then the bell would go again, and you get to go on the playground, and you'll you would just create these worlds. Mm. Um, and like, why, like, why can't we do that now? Mm. Right? We have this certain aspect in like adulthood that like playtimes for children or is for, but why can't it be? Like, why can't you still allow to integrate this aspect of who you are? Right? Yeah. Like, we may not go to a playground and fucking do a whole stick war, right? <laughs> but like, yeah, they probably turn some heads. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like, what? It's fun for you. Like, I like this is what's really bringing up. Like, I love this. For me, this is like playtime. Yeah. And this is what's really fun, you know? And, and um, yeah, and like, obviously for you, like making those TikToks and shit like that. And like being silly and not taking it at all so serious. I think, I think that you're so right. Is that I think we, and obviously we can only speak for ourselves. Yeah. 
but I know that I have a really bad habit of taking myself too seriously sometimes. And a lot of times I'll have to stop and be like, Zed, you have to laugh at yourself, right? Yeah. It's like, this is absurd. You're acting like like the world depends on on the website theme you choose. You know, like that it's the biggest decision of your life. And you're afraid of mankind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, in your hands yeah, at Hopkins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you blow these things out of proportion where it's like, if we have a little fun with this, you pick something, you see what happens, you just, yeah. you know. Um, and, and even the way we approach, you know, the everyday, like how do we actually bring a little bit of fun into it where it's, where to work and play actually intertwine, you know? And I think a lot of it is because we're sold this idea that work is meant to be hard and draining and taxing and is meant to be this, this productive, efficient thing. But actually like if we fuel work with fun, obviously, you know, if, if possible, you're doing something that you love, right? So that makes it fun. But I'm wondering like, how do you think that we could bring more fun into our everyday lives? Like, is there anything that you do when you, or first of all, what do you think, what do you, how would you define fun? Well, this is real fucking interesting, man. Cause this is just giving me, here, I'll move a bit closer. This is giving me like a really big download, right? As to why I reject working for someone else, because like, I want to do something that's fun, right? That I enjoy. And I, I like, I constantly looking for that childlike, fun and I can't stand not having that it actually kills my soul so what fun means for me from my perspective it's like when you your souls light up I feel like your energy is telling you like this is a thing that is important to you this is like a an easter egg in the game of life um yeah you can feel it like your body is like basically saying like fucking ringing alarm bells going ding, 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 ding. Like, look at this. Um, yeah, I feel like it's a sensation. It's freedom. It's being truly free where you can, it's almost as if it's that flow state, bro, where there's no mind. You're completely in the moment and you're flowing with life. It's as if, Nothing matters but that specific moment. And, um, yeah, that feels like fun. Yeah, I mean, that's beautiful. I, I, I would agree completely. I'm wondering, could you take us back to maybe a moment between now and, and this young kid where you feel like you've experienced that? Mm. Man, I feel like it was when we were playing, was it Putt-Putt Travels Through Time? No joke, because I loved that game. Which is a computer game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just a, yeah. Yeah, But I loved the whole aspect of, like, he went back through time and he was able to, like, go and explore different This little lands. pink car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it made my imagination go wild, right? Yeah. And it was that uncertainty, like, what is next? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, and I loved that. And it was more of like, we were, I was doing it with people who I loved, like yourself and Matt, like my friends. And, um, yeah, think of that. Obviously like playing soccer as well has played a big part where I'm like completely in the moment. And, um, yeah, like I'm not thinking about anything else. Nothing mattered but that game. So I loved that as well. Yeah. Like scoring a goal. Those moments were beautiful. Mm. It's as if they just happen in a moment and it's like a flash or a moment in time. And then the sensation and yeah. And being like all your your mates or your teammates like jumping on you and your parents on the sideline like cheering you on. Like, yeah, those little like moments that mean something there's more to it it's not just the substantial like there's so many other factors right whether it's with people you love it's there's certain interests that combine with i love to like history and all that cool stuff right so my imagination went wild in these unknown worlds of putt-putt travels through time you know and really activate aspects that that i've loved always yeah And, and now where you're at in your life what else are you trying to bring in besides fun 
as you sort of look to the future, what are the other things in your life right now that you're trying to bring in? Bring in um, service. I love helping people, um, both from a selfish and unselfish point of view. Like it's, yeah. it is very much that. Like I get a kick off of helping serve others, you know, um, but also it's it's impacting their life. So what am I really trying to bring? I'm really trying to bring in like freedom for myself so I can really, again, go out into the world and explore, explore the world, right? But doing things that I love. So being able to find ways to bring in a financial income, doing the things I'm good at and that I love. So it enables me to go out and explore as I've always wanted to do when I was a kid um, and to feel that excitement every day of waking up doing something that creating my own world or my own reality with my own imagination um all i can think of is that come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination and i've always felt like my mind has always gone off into different worlds of imagination i feel like psychedelics really helped that hone in on like I made this I wrote, I wrote this poem actually a couple of weeks ago and it goes the child that lays within dreamt of heroes dreamt of um yeah okay dreamt of heroes with powers and a knack to save the day mummy mummy can I be spider-man he would often say dreaming and dreaming of worlds Actually, let me get it up. Yeah, yeah. Let me get it up. Actually, really, I feel like this helped. This really resonates. Okay, where is it? Here it is, guys. Bear with me. Okay. The child that lays within dreamt of heroes with powers, with gifts, and an act to save the day. Mummy, mummy, can I be Spider-Man? He would often say. Dreaming and dreaming of an imaginary world of his own, really the only place he felt truly at home. Little did he know that that is where his true gifts lie. I've become the hero you always wanted to be, little guy. Interesting. I mean, a beautiful poem. (laughs) Interesting that it almost feels like that that's written... For this for, fellow for that here, young boy literally, in that photo. that's why it made me. It literally because that was the point when I was really asking my mom, "Can I be Spider Man?" Like I would literally fucking try and climb the walls. <laughs> like I seen this funny thing where it's like these two dudes, these kids in Bolivia, let like a black widow spider bite them so they could turn into Spider Man. Like, and I was like, that is literally fucking something I would have done, right? Um, but it's the essence of Spider Man, right? It's what he represents, like a a young kid, a regular kid who got bitten by this radioactive spider and got these amazing superpowers, and then was able to, you know, go out and help people. Um, yeah. So Spider-Man sounds like it was it was a story that was really, really pivotal for you growing up. Yeah. Were there any other stories from your childhood maybe that your parents w- would tell you? Did your parents tell you stories as a kid or are there any that sort of like stand out? Yeah, well, like a big figure is my dad. Like mm-hmm. I remember as a kid, I always wanted to be my dad. And um, it's realizing today so many beautiful characteristics have come from my dad I'm so grateful um so so grateful you know he um yeah man just the way he interacts with people his leadership uh were my parents perfect no and that's okay none of us are and our parents did the best they could with the level of awareness that they have um but I'm so very grateful, man. And I mirrored a lot of what he has, what he has done, you know, his humor, his, um, knack to speak with people, his kindness. And, uh, yeah, as I said, leadership style, cause he was my, my coach in soccer. So he really cared about us boys. Like he really did. And, and, um, but he also told us the truth when we needed to hear it. And, but I messaged him the other day, man. Like I had this really come up in a journey. Like us boys would have literally killed for him. And 
there was that sort of, but that was built over time, right? Because there was years where we would lose 10 nil or whatever. Um, and then we really built it up and then we would go and win the league, right? So that's built over time. So it was this trust and respect. And it was because he had lived it, right? He'd gone and lived the football. He'd gone and had the experience and was a really good player. So I really looked up to that. Like he he embodied what he spoke about. Like whatever he spoke about, he had embodied it. Um, I think as well, I felt very grateful because his dad died when he was 20. So I think that put an extra emphasis on how grateful I was that he was around, you know, Um so yeah, that's that's played a that's played a big part. You know, he, he, someone I've always mirrored, and um, yeah, I feel like I'm very grateful. And in terms of like other stories, like my granda would always sit there. <laughs> I remember this is a really good man. This is really relevant. So he would sit there, and because my time with him was so precious, I would always love it that much more. And I feel like that's given a real beautiful gift. But my granddad would sit there swinging his leg. And because he had like, he's lived life. So he had so many great stories and you could see it in his face. You know, you can see in people's face when they speak about something like the experience and in their voice. And he would like tell stories and you'd see him looking back and he would be like laughing his head off. And the way he'd say it, it would just encapsulate me. And like my dad was a great storyteller too. So I've loved storytelling. Um, And... Yeah, he would sit there swinging his leg. It would be a specific a gin and a fucking apple and be peeling the apple, putting it in his mouth. And he would tell me all stories about history, about his life. And I would just love sitting there and listening to him. Um, to listening to his stories. And like another great thing, man, is like my dad, when I was growing up, videoed a lot mm. and took a lot of photos. So that's inspired me very much with photography and video and making my own stuff. But it was really about capturing the moments that mattered, right? Um, the beautiful moments. And I feel like that's been a reoccurring pattern and has really shaped me into who I am today. And I guess the way I look at the world. So it's less about necessarily any like fairy tales or stories told than like stories of experiences mm. and how they have kind of like shaped who you are yeah. and the story of like who your father was to you. Yeah. Which, which is really powerful. How... There's, there's two two directions I want to go from this. And and, I, and the f- f- first one, or the second one we're going to touch on is I'd love to hear one of your granddad's stories, if you can remember. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I can. If remember. we can go somewhere there. But but the other one is, is how do you think your story or stories have changed over time of the stories about the people in your life? Yeah, this is really good, man. So through certain circumstances a couple of years ago my parents went through a divorce uh, leading me to taint the image I had of my dad right and um, this happens because we put you know our parents in almost like this godlike stature right that they could never reach uh, and it's only really now that I realized I tainted a lot of what my view of my dad and that led me to also forget about a lot of the really good things, right? And this can happen to us with certain traumas or whatever. But man, like I always had what I needed and we always do. So how is it tainted? Yeah, like it definitely sent at times like certain situations have tainted my viewpoint of the world, which sent me into some dark places, right? And um, was it all perfect? I believe yes, because there's some gifts that I've gotten now being able to pull myself out of that, that have been extremely valuable and have helped me to serve people on, on a greater scale and enhance my life even more. So I'm very grateful, man. How did you, 
what what do you mean pull yourself out like how did you go about that like mm. so so just just to contextualize and sort of speak it back to you so i understand so that the, there was a shifting in this narrative after the divorce yeah. of the stories that you would you would upheld for your parents had shifted mm. um which which is something i can definitely relate to you know mm. there's that reckoning of like oh our parents are human beings mm. you know and that they have feelings and emotions and and all of these things that they are just as tangible as us yeah. um they are not these esoteric ideas <laughs> yeah. you know that they are real yeah people. some demigods you yeah know, yeah, fucking, that they, yeah that they are these real people with their with their own stories but then so once the this story kind of shattered and the the the, the childhood view mm. shattered how did you go about that reckoning? Like what, what tools did you use? Mm. You know, how did you reframe that story? Because it's, and the reason I'm going deeper is because I think you are someone who I admire for your ability to reframe Mm -hmm. and to look at things from multiple different perspectives and then choose the perspective that best serves you. Mm. Right. But that is a big jump in, in outlook (laughs) and mentality. Mm. But if we were stripping it back, Mm. like how do you actually approach that? How do you actually approach the stories in your life and contextualize them in relationship to your own, both from a positive s- circumstance and also a negative one? It's connection some, to something bigger than yourself. And would I have had that connection if I didn't go down there? No. It's faith, I suppose, man. It's... It's a direct experience with something greater than yourself. And this is this may challenge some people's beliefs, but I really feel like plant medicine and psychedelics has really helped, man. Like really. Because it's given me direct points on my psyche to go this shifted, right? And shifted perspectives. And it's really helped shift different aspects. And they're almost like checkpoints that your brain can go, this is where this perspective has changed, right? Um, first of all, like, but before that, man, it was like, I went through, it sent me into the Tony Robbins Avenue and all the tools he gave me. It's that belief that life's always happening for you, not to you. And that everything is making you into the person that you're here to be, uh, and allowing you to grow on a greater scale. Now it sounds very cheesy and very cliche, but I feel like it's... (sighs) It's direct experiences. It's very hard to explain. Um, I guess asking yourself, what's the lesson in this? Like, what is this trying to teach me? And the quicker you can do the lesson, the quicker you can move forward, right? because you can stick around in a situation but never get the lesson from it. So you really take the time to be introspective and look at it from like an outside view. So this is really good. So get out of your your individual life and look at it from a fucking big point of view, all right? I used to say to myself, and this is actually really good, I would say to myself when I was going through tough times that there's gonna be some kid someday who's gonna to come to me with the exact same problem and it's my responsibility to find the way out for him. And I would think of that little kid, right? This little kid here, right? Who's counting on me to find a way out. Um, who's counting on me to be the hero, to be the Spider-Man that I always looked up to be. And I looked at it as that this was the fucking rhino or like villain coming up in my life, calling forth the hero, right? Uh, and I asked for that because every great hero has a great challenge. There is no heroes without challenges. So it allowed that hero that was always in me to step forward and to step into my own story and write a cool epic story. Um, and you can't have an epic story if there's no adversity, if there's no challenges. Uh, so man that's how I reframed it Mm. I suppose it's like you'll never do something more for you'll never do something for yourself as much as you'll do for other people right so if you make it about something more than yourself you'll find a way I mean 
I mean, that's beautiful. Thank you for your vulnerability and open honesty speaking about that stuff. It's really interesting too because it, and there's something I also admire about you, is I feel like you have encapsulated these stories from childhood and made them a part of your vision moving forward. Mm -hmm. Like the idea of the game of life, which we've discussed on your podcast, this idea of like looking at life as a experience in which we can learn things. Like there is something very beautiful in that idea. Mm -hmm. And I think it, what I loved about what you just said is the idea of it being focused around the questions we ask. What can I learn from this? Mm. If I was to learn one thing from this situation, whatever this situation is, positive, negative in the moment, neutral in the moment, if I could learn something from it, what would it be? And if you force yourself to think about those things and you, you know, obviously within reason, like there are probably certain things that you want to avoid this kind of thing, but, but there are also a lot of moments that I think we don't give ourselves enough time to process. And, and, and like giving ourselves time to look at moments in our life or the circumstances we're in right now and be like, where does this fit in Mm. to everything else? What can I learn from this? Mm. Oh, it seems like I keep doing the same thing. And so I keep ending up in the same place. Oh, well now I've recognized that I'm not going to do that again. Mm. So I'm going to shift. I'm going to change my narrative. I'm going to recontextualize the story I'm telling myself. And instead of telling myself that I don't deserve love or I am the reflection of the stories I tell about other people, Mm. or I am, you know, fundamentally someone who is flawed. Instead of telling those stories, I'm actually going to focus on the, the stories of the things that inspire me. Oh, I am the superhero for a younger kid mm. because I can be that and I can actively be that. And while all of these stories may be true, if we choose to shift the stories we tell about ourselves to be the stories that are the uplifting ones, mm. the positive ones, the ones about our own hero's journey in in this game. Like they are the things that get us up in the morning, that give us that purpose and allow us to keep moving forward. And then we interrogate them. We question them. We have conversations about them. I mean, that's what we're doing here is we're going, what are our stories? Mm. You know, back from childhood to where we are now. How does that map with our understanding of the world Mm. and the meaning that we're trying to create in this world? Mm. You know? Um, And so I think it, it, it seems then fitting to shift and go from your grandfather what do you think his stories first of all tell us I'd love to hear one of his stories <laughs> if you could if you yeah. could sort of capture maybe even the essence of it yeah and then how do you think hearing a story from a figure like a grandfather mm. how has that trickled down to impacting you and your relationship with stories mm. as a whole I know I'm putting you on the spot. No, this is beautiful. I love it, man. I'd say, man, I feel what it's done is just a pure passion, right? It was like a joy you could see in his eyes, like an appreciation. (laughs) This comes back to this, man, the the 80-year-old version of me sitting there. He sits there with his fucking leg crossed, swaying with a gin, man, and the fucking apple. Like, it's my granddad. That's really the age. So you see your future self, your story, who you're moving towards is actually my granddad. Your, grand, your granddad. Yeah. Yeah. You must really, you love him. <laughs> and I love him. I love him so much. Cause he's just like, he, he laughs, you know, and he's, yeah, you can see he's lived, you know, and for him, it was tough, man. Like, his parents died when he was a kid. <clears throat> but he's always joking around with my with my nana. And he continues to go out and work, you know, even when he's eight, like, he's almost 85. And he goes out and he finds stuff to do. And just the epitome of, like, a hard working man. Um, but with joy in his eyes and love. And you can see that. He didn't always say it, but you could feel it. <laughs> I remember, man, like, this is getting me tearing up. But... Like, he would always hold in his tears when we'd leave to go leave Ireland. And I remember there was one 
think it was the last time I left Manny because you, you just never know like if it's going to be the last time and oh fuck I actually really need to really need to contact them some more but uh yeah, it was the first time I seen him like cry because it's just that realization that you don't know if it's going to be the last time like you just don't know and I st- that's what makes moments like even more special is that I think, I think that's what really helps is that like I treasured his story so much more because I didn't know if it was the last time I was going to hear them That's what it, I mean it's 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 a beautiful yet heartbreaking thing to know that all these stories come to an end and that like whilst we you know try to capture these stories with our cameras and with in memory that they'll never be able to exist in the same way when it's like connected with that person mm-hmm. that we are like a vessel of for the stories that encapsulate the way in which we view the world like we are the externalization of our internal stories (laughs) and that like it's interesting because it sounds to me like it's almost like he is the reason why you're doing what you're doing right now Mm. he is like the father figure at the end of your timeline for you but it's also like the reason why you you were being a father figure in these groups, in this this identity of masculinity that mm-hmm. you are you are trying to debunk. Mm-hmm. You know, you're trying to create a space for like young men to like, or, or yeah, young men to transition into to to work through the the struggles of what it means to to see and understand and contextualize masculinity, mm. whatever that concept even mm. means, you know, beyond, you know, all of the politics and all of that. But like, what does it mean to like grow up from a young boy into a man? Mm. And who are the figures in our life that define that? I'm, I'm wondering now, like, Do you see elements of your granddad in yourself? Yes, definitely. And how does that make you feel? Fucking beautiful. The story of family is like kind of a beautiful thing that we like encapsulate like history mm. like in who we are Brian he looks like I look so like him when he was when he was like my age like we look so similar it's man this is so true like I realized today like how much I am my dad as well and like also how much I am now I realize how much I am granddad and man that beautiful feeling of like these are people who I've always looked up to. And I realize like I embody a lot of those qualities. And it's just like, that feels like love of self. Yeah. It's beautiful. Well, it feels like this conversation has kind of traversed us from looking at these younger versions. <laughs> of ourselves these kids you know with this curiosity and this 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 zest for for life and imagination <laughs> to then look ahead and look at to the future well it's these- like so much of like the man that i've built right is around who i wanted to be when i was a kid mm-hmm. and it's that realization that i became those people yeah and that's fucking beautiful that's beautiful and, and and it's a story that keeps being told that keeps yeah. evolving you know yeah and that like I think that is also the beautiful thing of why I love art and why I'm running this podcast and having conversations like this yeah is that man this is beautiful space like <laughs> this is a gift this is this is some beautiful stuff coming through well I, I appreciate your vulnerability and your openness and your like willingness to tell these stories because it is like through these stories that we are able to connect to our own lineage, to our own history, to our own relationship with self, you know? Yeah. Is that like, it's through story that we are able to articulate 
who we are and who we are in relationship to the world around us, to the people around us, to the people who have shaped us mm. and to the memory of us, you know, like, I don't know about you, but like, sometimes it scares me that this kid like doesn't tangibly exist anymore. Mm. That that kid's story, whilst it exists within me and in other people's memories of that kid, that kid doesn't go to the playground anymore. Mm. That kid sits here and has this conversation. Mm. And like, sometimes that's a hard thing to reckon with mm. in the same way of like reckoning with like, will this be the last time I hear his stories? Mm. You know, and of course we hope not, but the ephemerality of these experiences, the ephemerality of every story that we tell, knowing that we can never tell a story exactly in the same way with the same cadence and emphasis and experience that it was last time, Mm. you know, that every time we start tell a story, it is unique. Mm. And every time we connect with someone through story, that is truly unique and cannot be replicated. And it, it comes back down to this idea that, you know, like we are our stories. Well, we are, man. Like we're both the positive and in negative stories we tell ourselves. Like we really are, you know, and our actions are based on the stories we're telling ourselves. So yeah, if reality is not the way you want it to be, What's the story you're telling yourself? Maybe start telling yourself a better story. Or like, as he said, a better questions. Yeah. Which is so true because it is just a narrative, right? And it's a narrative that you, that there are certain aspects that play a part, right? Un- unconscious aspects from when you were a kid and things like that. But you do get to change the narrative. You do. And you can at any moment decide to write a new one. Uh and that's all it can be is just scratch the old story and write a new one or just look at the little pieces in your story that have always been there that are guiding you that have always been guiding you uh, because they are there yeah you just exactly. have to look. those kids stay there <laughs> yeah those memories of of the field at home yeah. of granddad telling stories they're always there yeah you know and I think that's like the beauty of articulation is that we capture Mm. those moments Mm. or at least we try to Mm. you know Mm. even if it's just for a moment (laughs) we capture the moment just for a moment a moment longer to reminisce to remember man and this is really powerful like this is really like enlightened me I guess you could say to the um how grateful I am that I've had those experiences where they've been fleeting, where I've really had to appreciate the time with my grandparents and with my family overseas because it wasn't a given. And I feel like that's allowed me to appreciate a lot more in my life because you don't know. Like we all say, oh, like... We'll see someone's family member dying in a car crash, right? And this is obviously going to a pretty horrific <laughs> scenario, but it's an important one. Like we see it and we go, we just blush. We're like, oh, that won't happen to me. And everyone who it happens to says, I didn't think it would be me. And you just don't know. Like you just do not know, right? Nothing's guaranteed. So it's a, it's leaving every person as much as he can telling the people that you love and tell them the truth like go and tell them how much you love them be honest and speak about the stuff that's hurt you but and then also thank them for the stuff that has gifted you um because my dad too man my dad lives overseas now and you know with yourself like being away from family like my dad lives in america and he was supposed to come back over here but COVID hit right and he wasn't able to come back and he probably won't be able to come over to see us till next year or we won't see him to next year uh, and as I've been doing this work it's like really allowed me to appreciate like my time with my dad and I went back to Atlanta I went over to Atlanta just before COVID hit which is almost very synchronistic and beautiful and I intentionally spent the time to have those conversations with him and to really connect with him. And man, like, I'll show you a story. So this is really powerful. So 
I remember the day before I left to come back home. Uh, I seen a little photo. So my dad's dad died from a heart attack when he was 20. And I seen a photo. He had a photo of like his dad and it was like the memorial of his dad's death. And all I could hear was like as if it was his dad's like voice saying to me like, like really give your dad a good hug because my dad one time came home and his dad was dead on the couch. I'm sure there's parts of him. He was 20. He didn't get that mentor. You know, he didn't get that father figure to guide him at this, at that stage. And like all this shit just went out the door and I was like, fuck, my dad's alive. Like he's here. And I remember going up to him. I was like, dad, can I just have a hug? And he was like, yeah. And uh, he said like, it's good to have your dad, isn't it? I was like, yeah, it is. And uh, I got left the next day and I don't get to see him for a while, but like, I'm so grateful that I did that because you just don't know. And it makes those moments so much more special. It's beautiful. (laughs) Fuck, bro, we're going. (laughs) Taking me deep. This is beautiful though. Thank you, man. No, thank you so much for sharing that. And I think like it brings up such a profound point and something that has also you know been on my mind is this idea that like it's so easy to take the people in our life for granted because they're not going to always be present you know as someone who is you know as as i've said like spent the past four years jumping between places building temporary homes and flying around you know which i which i'm incredibly grateful for i've met so many awesome people but with meeting those people, there is an awareness that like, I'm going to have to say goodbye. And then I don't know when I'll see them again. And that some of those people, the way life will have it, I will never see again. And that our paths just cross for an instant. And it may have been a beautiful instant, but that was it. It was that one instant. And, and I think that is one of the hardest things to process is that we just don't know and so as we tell these stories and we, we weave ourselves through our own narratives and the narratives of other people and when our narratives collide, like it's those moments that are beautiful. Those moments where we both look back on and go, oh, that moment where our stories crossed. You know, we don't know if that'll happen again. God, I hope it does, but we just don't know. But I am so grateful. And to look back and just know like, I approached that with love. I gave to that. And I wasn't afraid to say I love you, to ask for one more hug, you know, and to see that moment. Because I don't know about you, but like, there are moments in my life that I wish I could go back to and just slap myself in the face and be like, you were gonna miss this. Like you were gonna miss this so fucking much. So just like feel it and embrace it for all that it is. Because it is fleeting. Like that's a, I'm really liking this this combination of words right now, but it's beautifully heartbreaking. Because there is, you're right, there is a perspective in acknowledging this reality. Mm. And that is a beautiful perspective. But it is also heartbreaking. <laughs> it's like what, like it's death that gives life meaning. It really is. It's that we're not here forever. And it's the stories that you leave behind, the people you met that make it worth it, that encapsulate your own individual story. Because there'll never be a story like yours. There never will. And yeah, are some way tougher than others, yes. But some of the toughest stories are the ones that make the best because it's not about the start, it's about the finish. Yeah. And, and the journey it's everyone loves a good story everyone loves a good story so why not make yours one too it feels like a beautiful spot to wrap this up <laughs> yeah. I think I'm so glad our stories have crossed many times and I'm very confident we'll continue to cross 
But I think what I take away from that and, and from your vulnerability, which I'm incredibly grateful for, is the embracing of every moment and knowing that every moment is a story that you'll be able to hold on to for the rest of your life, is a memory that captures experience and connection with other human beings. Because that's what it's about, you know? Because we don't want to sit in a room and tell a story just to ourselves. (laughs) It's about the people we tell the stories and we make the stories with. Yeah, and hear their stories. Yeah. Be inspired. Yeah. It's like through each other. And it's those beautiful moments. So... I'm so incredibly grateful. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me, bro. Thank you for facilitating me. (laughs) This is fucking beautiful. Thank you. And thank you for anyone who's listening. I hope this has added some value. Yes. So thank you so much for listening um, to this wide ranging conversation that in itself, I think is, is a wild story from, our early roots as young kids to our future selves <laughs> to ourselves right now yeah present selves um, yeah. don't be afraid to tell your story embrace other people's stories and just be grateful and, and spread that love first of all congratulations you just listened all the way through our podcast and we couldn't be more thrilled to have you as part of the story network community if you enjoyed the conversation it would mean the world to us if you could like share review and subscribe to let us know that you're listening we are on a mission to build the largest and most diverse community of storytellers creators and innovators from around the world and we can't do that without your help you can check us out on instagram at The Real Story Network and over on YouTube and Facebook at The Story Network. My name is Zed Hopkins. You're amazing. And we are The Story Network. Woo! The Story Network. See you next week.